You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jin Wilkin and JT English. What's up? Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, when you think about wrestling, who or what do you think about first? When I was a kid, my younger brothers had the WWF wrestling dolls and they mm. were and one of them like you could stretch his arms out super long I'm not sure why that was yeah, that's fun I think of two things Thomas and I have my little little boy five years old have wrestling matches every night right now which is super fun we play a game called wall ball and then we have WrestleMania also but then I also think of in high school I was a basketball player and I remember when we would be practicing for basketball we would see our high school wrestling team just like running forever to try to drop weight for stuff. And I was like, why would anybody do this? This is the silliest sport ever. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I think for me, I think I immediately think of Hulk Hogan. That yeah. in my mind, like the red and yellow Hulk Hogan is like so universally recognized. I, that when I think of, when I hear the word wrestler, I just instinctively think of Hulk Hogan in my mind. What about the Erickson family? Are you guys too young for the Ericksons? Oh, wait, the Ericsons or the Von Ericks? Von Ericks. Oh, you can tell I was a huge wrestling fan back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do know about the Von Ericks. Yes, yeah. They were big around here in Dallas. Yeah. Wait, nobody mentioned The Rock. Well, he's, uh, gosh, he's certainly the most successful of the crew, isn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kyle, about once every quarter or so, will send me videos to like WrestleMania stuff. Like, Kyle is oh, yeah. actually a fan. <laughs> this is not a joke. <laughs> I'm not mocking him. This is a real thing. It Kyle, is a guilty, it is a yeah. guilty pleasure. Uh, it is a guilty pleasure. You know, some people love watching The Bachelor. Uh, I just would... <laughs> Uh, and I don't understand a wrestling match of sorts. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, JT is a, a fan of a reality show that I won't name, but he loves it and knows it very well. Can tell you who won which I'm, season. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm trying oh, to I say know. that you love wrestling. I know we all have our guilty pleasures, and yes, on occasion I will uh, dabble and enjoy. But this <laughs> wrestling match that we're going to hear about today is very different from any of the WrestleMania wrestling matches. Certainly, Hulk Hogan. Uh, he might have fared better uh, than Jacob in this match, but I, I doubt it would have been substantially better uh, because uh, you know Jacob Jacob loses in the best way possible in mm-hmm. this match. Uh, and uh, so when we get into Genesis 32, Jacob is on the edge of reuniting with Esau. And as the Gen Z says, he is shook. Okay. <laughs> um, he is, he, he is shook because no cat. Uh, no cow. My gosh. I am so impressed mm-hmm. in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. Jen Wilkin guys on the record has just Sus. said, Oh my gosh! She's this in is, family ministry now. She has to hey, know this. I want to thank part I wanna, of her job description. I want to thank Calvin Wilkin for yeah, teaching his it's mother. It's my these. nephews. I need to. It's my nephews. They get all the credit. They're big gamers, and apparently, this is all gaming culture yeah. slang, which I am now um, flu- fairly fluent in. I, I wouldn't say fluent, but I know what I need to know. Are you on Fortnite, Jen? Oh gosh, no. Okay, because that would just be incredible. Um, I, that would blow my mind. Uh, Are you? No, no. <laughs> it seemed like you were like wanting to like see. No, no, in fact, so like I was like super hardcore about never having a gaming console when the kids were growing up and they're still bitter about it just a little and uh, a lot. And then um, <laughs> I guess it was maybe three summers ago, um, 
Calvin and uh, Micaiah, they were up in the game room most of the summer. And I was like, that's so sweet. Like that's all the books were up there. I'm like, they're reading books together. This is so sweet. And then it turned out that they had uh, smuggled in a an Xbox and hidden it uh, <laughs> behind the pool table and had been up there playing games all summer long. Incredible. Terrible. Incredible. I could just see you showing up and be like, listen, um, listen, kids, I, I didn't, we, we didn't get the PlayStation this year, but I did get this 1500 piece puzzle. Yes. So buckle up. Hours of yeah. fun for everybody. But the best part of that story is they knew they could rely on me never going upstairs to the game room the whole summer because it was so rattling to go up there and see how unclean it was that I just would stay downstairs. So, wow. It was I'm a lot of dis- family dysfunction. There you go. There's mine. Right. right yeah. And it's, and, and that bleeds into this story right here yep. because Jacob, uh, has had some dysfunction with Esau and he is very scared of reuniting with Esau and he begins to pray through this fear uh, and he's tried to, He Jacob is a one, like, come one, come all. He's taking an equal opportunist approach to trying to deal with the Esau problem. He's sending gifts, he's sending servants, and then as a last ditch Hail Mary, he's going before God and he's going to pray and say, God, please, 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 you sent me here. You said that there was going to be good in the land. Do not let Esau murder me, okay? And so he begins to pray. And in verse 22, we hear that same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, hard turn, and a man wrestled with him <laughs> until the breaking of the day. I feel like there's a huge narrative plot point left out here. Jacob is left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip, hip socket. Jacob's hip was put out of joint and he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose up upon him, uh, rose, up, rose up on him, <laughs> rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. This is a strange, strange, strange story. <laughs> Isn't it? It's this one is one of, of those favorites. stories that, mo- well, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a great story, but it's also one of those stories that if you're not familiar with the Bible, this is probably one of the stories, like, it's one of those stories that kind of pops out of the Bible. If you're not familiar with biblical, like the biblical story, people have heard mm-hmm. of this story before. It's one mm-hmm. of those maybe felt board stories. You know, if you're, if you were a kid growing up in church, like you probably read this at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, and what's the, it's it's told almost like a morality tale, and like yes. what do you typically mm-hmm. hear as the takeaway? What do you hear? Like, what are we supposed to learn from it? Lead with a limp. Yeah, <laughs> lead with a limp. <laughs> I've heard I've, I've I've heard that lesson. I've actually before. heard this. No, absolutely. <laughs> Did you just snort? <laughs> no, that was totally Kyle. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, no, lead with the lamp. What, what What's other morality tell that, like, don't hold on to God in the dark night of, or, or hold on to God mm-hmm. even in the dark mm-hmm. night of the soul? Oh, that's so good. I've heard that one. I've heard uh, if, uh, if, if life is throwing everything at you, cling to God and don't let go. I've mm-hmm. heard this. I've heard it 15 different ways. And it's so fascinating to hear it then within the context of everything that we've been doing because there's a little bit of us that wants God to just pummel the heck out of Jacob at this point, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's the irony that's being built for us of who he thinks he is wrestling with and who he has truly been wrestling with all along. He thinks he's been in a, in a striving match yep. with his brother or he's been in a striving match with the women in his life or with his father-in-law. Um, But as this part of the story is going to show us, that's not actually who he has been wrestling against at all. No. Yeah, it turns out that his wrestle has been with the Lord. He's been striving against the Lord and the Lord's plans this whole time. And uh, this man, it says he wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail. Okay, hold on. If this is God, is God not stronger than Jacob? Wait, like what? Like no, I, I'm I'm being serious. I I feel like there like this could be something where you're reading it and you're like, are are you telling me that Jacob is wrestling with God and God doesn't like? Why is this even a battle? Like why is this even a struggle? Is this just a condescension? Is it kindness? Is it grace? Is it not God? I mean, is Jacob as strong as God? I mean, I think that's a genuine thing to think about with the way that this question's phrased. I know that's a small thing. And, you know, I, I remember that it's not a question the Bible is answering at this point, but it says very clearly, this this person did not prevail against Jacob. They're wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he, then he, then he flips not. the switch. Could, could not. Could mm-hmm. not. And then he flips the switch and touches Jacob's hip and we realize, oh, I think this person may have been holding back some power, Right. Oh, wait, no, it does say did not. Does your translation say could not? Mm-hmm. Well, you need a better translation. Oh, okay, let's see, not go, let's, don't go no. down the translation trail. Is it? Is that, did you, oh, you switched. Look at you. Oh, let's um, not go there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, the I think what we're seeing here is another example of um, God is patient with us, not willing that any should perish. And you think about um, even how we're going to see this play out, you know, with the plagues in Exodus. God didn't have to go through the whole grand theater of 10 plagues. He could have just touched the hip socket, so to speak, and and, and liberated his people. Yeah. And so this is, a, is another example of where this is a lesson that Jacob needs to learn and never forget. Yes. And so he takes his time. Yes, because the point here is not uh, God's, God is like, I'm going to win in this arm wrestling match with Jacob. The point is I am going to form Jacob. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to shape him. I'm going to change him. This Mm -hmm. is not, there is no dispute between whether or not God can take Jacob. He can, he can. And the the touching of the hip is a very clear and quick demonstration that if the Lord wants to end this immediately, it requires basically no exertion. But the point of this is not just like, okay, I'm going to put Jacob down, knock him down a peg. The point of this is I'm going to shape Jacob into a realization, into a, an understanding that he is not going to prevail against the headwinds of God's purposes. Boy, Kyle, that is a cool connection I hadn't thought of. The whole does the potter say does the clay say to the potter, Why have you made me thus? This is mm-hmm. this is like this is like the potter wrestling with the clay on the on the pottery wheel. Absolutely. That's yeah. really good. 
You see something about the Lord's character here. He, he is the potter, and as the Lord, he's merciful, gracious. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, Psalm 103, he's slow to anger, abounding mm-hmm. in steadfast love. Or even think of like Romans chapter 2, which then you're just alluding to in Romans 9. Do you presume on the riches of God's kindness and forbearance, yeah. knowing that it is God's kindness mm-hmm. that leads to repentance? Mm-hmm. That, you're right. He, right here, he could just absolutely pummel Jacob, but that wouldn't lead to who Jacob is going to be exactly. in terms of his spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. This is We're going to mm-hmm. see Jacob slowly change even his own character based upon how God deals with him in his patience and mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that Jacob knows he's been spared because he says it. Mm-hmm. For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So, J- JT, you're absolutely right that by the end of this, Jacob is struck by the kindness of the fact that he wrestled with God, mm-hmm. uh, and yet God did not obliterate him. Mm-hmm. And that realization probably goes deeper than even just this one event. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jacob. Jacob is at a moment where he is realizing. This is this picture, like Jen said at the very beginning of this, this this event is really a capstone to Jacob's realization that he has been striving against God mm-hmm. his whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. from the literally from the moment he was born, he has been trying to exert control over God's will in the world. Well, and not only that, but his statement, you can tell he sort of has this gradual awareness during this wrestling match of who it is he's wrestling with, right? Because even it starts with saying it's a man, and by the end, we know that it's God. But he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Well, mm-hmm. if there was ever a more Jacob statement, you know, you couldn't find it. That's that's what he has done all along as he has grasped what he wants and and held on to it until he could wring a blessing out of it. Um, and so here it's, we're seeing that used in a slightly different way. He's starting to realize this is it. Like this is, this is the moment. I need this blessing in a way that I've never known I needed it before. Um, and he doesn't trust that he truly has the blessing um, as he's walking into this, this, this confrontation with Esau. And, and so he makes this statement. And then what God says is so great. He says, what is your name? Well, God knows his name, right? Yes. Uh, he knows his name. Um, and, and but what we're seeing here when he responds with, and he said, Jacob, Jacob means the grasper, the deceiver. Mm-hmm. And so when he speaks his name, he's actually confessing, I'm the deceiver. I'm the mm-hmm. grasper. Mm-hmm. So this is the moment where he, and then it's significant because then when he turns around and says, but what is your name? You know, having someone's name is a way of holding power over them. And so he, God does not give him his name because this is this is Jacob's moment of confessing. This is my character before you. Um, I, I love it. I love all the irony that's built into it. Yeah. Yeah, and this this I was just thinking as we were talking about that that the flip side to this inner this conversation around names uh, comes much much later with Moses at the burning bush, right? Mm-hmm. Where Moses is like, who who will I tell them has sent me? Mm-hmm. That's when the that's when the covenantal name shows up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when we hear it's Yahweh, right? Yeah. So God does not give His name to Jacob. He doesn't give it to Abraham. He doesn't give it to Isaac. He gives it to Moses. Much mm-hmm. much much much. Uh, later. After uh, saying, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then he says, I am. Yeah, it's really cool. 
The CSB Life Council Bible provides biblical counsel and practical wisdom for pastors, ministry leaders, counselors, parents, couples, and any individual seeking practical wisdom through the application of God's Word. It includes more than 150 full-length articles on a wide range of topics and tough issues from respected Christian counselors and scholars. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. So in this moment, we get um, this incredible, gosh, this incredible instance of Jacob wrestling with God uh, and this uh, this conversation between the two. And in more ways than one, Jacob is now, he's kind of now been resituated to properly meet Esau, right? Mm -hmm. Like, keep in mind, Jacob has been demonstrating his power to Esau. Like in all of the, the the passage leading up to this moment, Jacob is going to demonstrate, is trying to demonstrate to Esau his wealth, his prosperity, his abundance, and his power, his virility. I mean, everything that Jacob has tried to signal to Esau is competency, power, authority, abundance, prosperity. And now at this moment, he's going to limp away. So yes, he does walk away from God, but he walks away changed and he walks away changed in the core area that he's been trying to demonstrate to Esau that he's strong in, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, isn't that true? Like he's been trying to show Esau sending servants, sending uh, cattle and signs of his prosperity ahead of him. He's been trying to show Esau, I am... I am not to be messed with. And in this interaction, he walks away from God with a blessing, but it's a very different kind of blessing because he is walking away a little bit more crippled than he was walking into it. Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. has taken away the one thing that he thought would be most impressive to Esau, which Mm -hmm. is his independence, power, and autonomy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that anymore. Now he's got to go meet Esau with a limp. And I think that is significant. He's going to, yeah, he has, he's in the place of humility now. And he will be in any interaction he has going forward. He will always yeah. be seen as the guy who limps. Uh, so he'll his immediate presentation will be one of weakness instead of one of strength. Sidney Gradonis is one of my favorite commentators. And he says this uh, about this passage. He says, before self-sufficient Jacob can enter the promised land, God needs to change Jacob into Israel as a person who strives with God for blessing. And he goes on to make mm-hmm. the point that the only people who can inherit the promised land or the kingdom of God are those who strive with God, who wrestle with God and who have been blessed by God as those who mm-hmm. who grasp onto God and God alone. So the whole story of Jacob, if we really were going to simplify it, and this is probably too simple, he's, he's self-sufficient at every single turn. He's always mm-hmm. taking things into mm-hmm. his own hands. He's always trying to make his life his own. And here he realizes, I can't do that anymore. And this name Israel, now meaning strives with God, doesn't just define Israel the man. It ends up defining the 12 tribes of Israel, Israel the nation. Mm-hmm. They're now realizing, oh, this is us. As they're reading this, mm-hmm. perhaps in the wilderness, they're, they're realizing we are the ones who, this is our character and identity now as those who mm-hmm. were self-sufficient, but now we're Israel, those who strive with God. Well, and it's interesting that that name Israel, like for those of you who are in your Bibles or who read this before we talked about it today, um, the footnote on Israel says it means he strives with God or God strives. Mm -hmm. And so it's not exactly clear where, you know, which direction we're to understand the striving. And I actually think it's intentionally ambiguous in the same way that Isaac's name, meaning he laughs, we were never quite sure 
who the he was. Was it supposed to be Isaac? Was it supposed to be Abraham, Sarah, or is it God himself laughing over his plans coming to pass? And so I think it's it's interesting that you can understand that to mean both that we we contend with God, but also that God contends with us and for us. Um, he's going to contend with us in our sinfulness and he's going to be faithful to do for us exactly what he has done for Jacob in this. He's going to break us of our self-reliance. He's going to bless us and he's going to rename us. That's the experience of everyone who's ever come to salvation. And not only that, but that's the pattern that we see in, in the incarnation. Christ comes to be broken, to receive the blessing, and to receive the name above all names. So Christ is the perfect version of this. You know, He's the one mm-hmm. who takes on weakness, sets aside his strength of his own accord. Jacob's mm-hmm. strength has to be wrestled from him. And that's the case with us as well. We have to learn to embrace weakness that God can then contend for us um, out of our need instead of us contending for ourselves out of our self Alliance. You're absolutely right. That's gold. And how significant that Jacob's name change comes after he's been crippled, not after his abundance. Mm-hmm. And so for the, the original audience to hear this as when does Israel become Israel? Like when do they get that name? Mm-hmm. They get it here. Mm-hmm. And with and with 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 somebody who, if you had to measure, it's hard to measure Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's righteousness on a spectrum, but Jacob certainly seems to be the least the least dignified of the three. And that is a, that was a... Kindness. <laughs> it's a kindness, right? Um, and so uh, how significant for Israel as they're entering the land, uh, they've been rescued, they've been delivered. For them to hear about the the deliverance of Jacob, their, who has received their name for them, and to realize, uh, wow, God's deliverance doesn't mean that God is going to treat us flippantly. It doesn't mean God is going to allow us to do anything. That deliverance, God's deliverance is always a deliverance into greater dependence on God, not greater independence from God. And Jacob gets that right at the beginning of this as he goes to Esau. And Israel is seeing that right on the other side at Sinai that, you know what? Hey, listen up. Uh, when God delivers you from Pharaoh, he doesn't deliver you from Pharaoh so that you can go live independently and autonomously from him. He delivers you from Pharaoh or from the violent rage of Esau or the deception or the wickedness of Laban. He delivers you from that thing into greater dependence on God. Uh, And so Jacob walks away with more dependence, more neediness, more desperation. And so too does Israel. And when Jacob forgets that, things do not go well for him. When Israel forgets that, things do not go well for them. But when they remember that is when there is blessings that accompany covenantal obedience. And I think, golly, if you're Israel and you're finding out that your namesake uh, is this guy, and that this name entered the situation in this event, I think that you walk away from that pretty sobered up mm-hmm. by how you view yourself as a newly delivered people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about how this reshapes our expectations for what it means to be a servant of Yahweh. Yeah. Uh, because so much of the teaching that's out there today has to do with um, God straightening our spines and mm-hmm. turning us into people who uh, 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 walk with our, uh, I think the way, actually the way Matt has said it a lot at the village is says Christians don't walk with a swagger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about that when I read this. Um, but many of us wouldn't sign up for this if we didn't think that we were going to get to be the ones who walk into the room from a position of power. 
Um, but I think Jacob is modeling for us something about the Christian life that we need to pay attention to. And that is that we will never outstrip our weakness, that our weakness is actually yeah. uh, a reminder that's given to us as a good gift. Um, so that, you know, I mean, I th- there's a correlation here, I would think, somewhat to Paul's thorn in the flesh, right? Yes, yeah. uh, although he says it was given to him by Satan. Yeah. Um, and this is something that God has given um, to Jacob, but um, God uses all things, you know, for to accomplish his plans. Uh, but we think that it is the setting aside of weakness that right. would demonstrate that God is working in our lives. Uh, but actually it's the opposite. Yeah, I think I had a misconception when I was young, like a younger Christian. It was like the, the more I spend time in the word, the more I grow with the Lord, the more mm-hmm. empowered by the spirit, the older I get, the stronger I'll be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm finding, and I'm still young in my faith. I mean, I've, I've only walked with the Lord for 14 years and hopefully have more, many more decades ahead of me. It's actually, I get, I'm getting weaker. Uh, and it's, I think the Christian life is actually an embracing of that uh, so that you can embrace the Lord's strength and not your own, which again, always takes me back to Philippians chapter two, which is one of my, I've said this on this podcast before, is one of my favorite passages that we are to have the mind of Christ, which is this embracing of weakness, a setting aside of our strength, a caring for others, because that is exactly who he is. And I think God uses life's circumstances, just like mm-hmm. he's doing through Jacob's life. It's not just through Bible studies or prayer time. It is those things, certainly, and becoming more familiar with the biblical text, but it's also through life circumstances that we're forced to embrace our weaknesses because we don't have any strength left to rely upon. What I would even say in a very, in a very literal sense in, in the, in the, in the breaking of our physical flesh, that that's what happens in the aging process mm-hmm. is you, you relearn the weakness of childhood, which yep. you've forgotten yep. as you hand over one at a time, your, your freedoms that you earned entering into adulthood. And, um, and I think that that's kind of like if if life doesn't deal you a circumstance early on that teaches you that we are all dust and you know we're the grass that fades. Uh, if you live long enough, you will you'll learn it in the aging process if you're a good student of it. Um, so and and so here we are in a culture that says uh, fight growing old with everything that you have. Mm-hmm. But what if there's a lesson that we learn there? Uh, as those who follow uh, the God who created us, you know, that teaches us reliance on him if he, if he grants that our days are long upon the land. Oh, man. Well, I gosh, this story, uh, this, this phrase, this Jacob's response, for I've seen God face to face and yet my life has been delivered. Um, and I think what just a... Um, I, I'm not prepared, and, and I don't think we should be at this point in the story to talk about the like redemption of Jacob or like the redemption of this story. But this is a turning point. This Mm -hmm. is a moment where things are going to begin to change. And we're going to see that it's not like it all gets cleaned up because Mm -hmm. this story continues to get messy. But in Jacob's life, we're seeing a moment where he is being seized, so to speak, um, and uh, is walking away different. I would say, I know there's, I don't know that people spend a lot of time talking about this, but if we know that you know, that faith is what is credited to them as righteousness. Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Would you say that this is the moment of true belief for Jacob? I I think if there was one that's detailed in the story, this is as close as you're going to get to that, right? Mm -hmm. I can't think of another moment in Jacob's story where he believes in this manner or he Mm -hmm. responds in this manner to God's intervention. It's tough. You know, when you're looking for conversion stories in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. 
it is incredibly difficult to, <laughs> to find anything that looks like the paradigms we typically use. Yeah. But this is one where he walks away. He confesses that he's seen God. He walks away changed, crippled, mm-hmm. dependent. And he does move towards Esau in a different posture than what we had seen from him previously. Mm-hmm. I think those are significant things. And like, you know, this next episode that we have, we'll be exploring a brother's hug with Ray Ortland. And we talked a lot on that episode. Ray talked a lot on that episode about how uh, Jacob could not be prepared to reconcile with Esau until he had grappled with God uh, and how that is a template for conversion and for the Christian salvation. So I, I'm thinking as we're, we're wrapping this up about the, the psalmist's words, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Because this is one of the, the first turning point in this per- particular portion of the text is the fact that Jacob prayed he called mm-hmm. on the Lord in a way that he had not done previously. And um, and then the Lord shows up and it means that he will be delivered um, from even a greater enemy than he could have conceived of in, in Esau. Oh, well, gosh, that, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, we, I know this one's running short, but man, I really love uh, this story and I love how we were able to dig into it. They if deserve you, a short one, don't you think? They do. <laughs> they, we've, we've had some long you ones. You earned it, guys. We've had some long <laughs> ones. And our next episode is a fantastic episode with pastor, doctor, theologian, Ray Ortland, where we'll be exploring a brother's hug when Jacob meets Esau. If you want to join the conversation, you can find us on social media. We're at Knowing Faith Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get more behind the scenes stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash knowing faith podcast. You can find some cool stuff that we're doing over there as well. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Grace and peace. <laughs>